In today's episode, we have the pleasure of interviewing a past Joyful Health graduate, and that is Audrey Isabel. We talked to her about her experience integrating grace and health and her journey recovering from hypothalamic amenorrhea. Audrey has a really cool testimony, and we're excited for you guys to hear this episode. If you want to join the Joyful Health course like Audrey, you can go ahead and head to joyfulhealth.co to sign up for the course and also check out all of our other resources to help you integrate faith and health. All right, let's get into it. Hey friends, welcome to the Joyful Health Show. I'm Aubrey, registered dietitian. And I'm Casey, personal trainer. And together we're here to help you discover joyful health by grace. Welcome to this week's episode of the Joyful Health Show. Today, we have the honor of talking with one of our amazing Joyful Health course graduates, Audrey Isabel, and also Fella Tulsa native, um, kind of. And um, we're so excited to have her here. So thanks for being here, Audrey. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yes. Okay. A little bit more about Audrey before we get into her story. Um, She is a daughter a sister, and a friend. She's originally from Colorado, but she currently lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where she works in government communications and enjoys doing life with a group of her best friends. As a former competitive soccer player and current food blog fan, Audrey has always had a passion for food and movement. But after discovering that she had hypothalamic amenorrhea, we will call it HA for short, um, in early 2020, Her perspectives on health were turned upside down. She now loves sharing what she's learned and encouraging other women to say yes to God's invitation to freedom in this area of their life. Okay, Audrey, we are so excited to hear a little bit more of your story. Can we start from the beginning? Tell us what your relationship with food and exercise was like when you were growing up. Yeah. So I would say that it was a a pretty healthy relationship with food and movement. My family, I mean, like I said, we're from Colorado, which everybody in Colorado just loves to be outside. I think activity is just a part of that culture there. So I grew up outside. I have three brothers. So just, but very, I would say just casual and natural playing outside or playing sports, things like that. Um, My family was active and food was also pretty flexible. I my mom didn't love cooking, um, but she did her best to like cook us, you know, good fresh foods for dinner. But we also had a mix of things of like, you know, what some people might say, like quote unquote kid foods, like box cereals or processed mm-hmm. foods. So I feel like it wasn't necessarily one extreme or the other. It was just kind of like a mix um, of things when it came to nutrition. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think a lot about uh, about it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I know um, your story involves being an athlete and I'm interested to hear, you know, how that or if that even affected your relationship with um, food or movement and kind of when that maybe changed or, or when that played a role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it definitely contributed to that desire to move on a regular basis or just that, um, consistency with Mm -hmm. movement. 
Um, but I don't think that it was until later, probably college that it, I sort of started realizing maybe some perspectives or more of a should I should move versus I think starting out as a kid is why well, I just want to move or, or I just do it without thinking about it versus it becoming more of a, a have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More of like a conscious choice. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. instead of like just part of your day, part of the rhythm, part of school, part of sports. Um, and now you get to have that choice as an adult too. Um, and I love to hear also, um, maybe how you met the Lord. You don't have to tell an entire life story, which you're totally welcome to, <laughs> but, um, how does meeting <laughs> the Lord like factor in to your relationship with, you know, body and those choices to move and to eat? Mm-hmm. That's a great question because I grew up in a Christian household and gave my life to Jesus at a really young age. So I know that his grace and his goodness have been following me my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I can see that. But I think particularly with food and movement, it wasn't until HA and becoming an adult that I really realized that God even had perspectives on this area of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's one of those things where it's a little bit of a gray area and that when you're reading your Bible, you're not seeing scriptures unless you're, you're, I mean, I think you're seeing the principles. They're there that -hmm. God really does have a perspective on every area of our life, but you're not reading things about here's how much you should move every day, or here's the kind of, you know, things that you should do. So I think it's easy to just sort of not even realize that God has something to say about that area. And so Mm -hmm. I think that wasn't something Um, I really realized until later on that the gospel really does translate to every area of our life. Mm. And when I started recovering from HA, really seeing, wow, I've been bound by rules and regulations, which is essentially the law, Mm. and not realizing that God's grace also covered this area of my life. And so um, walking with God has been a regular part of my life, but I would say it's been a new part of my story and my relationship with God, letting him into this area and realizing that he wanted to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear that because that's definitely part of our mission is to just let faith be fully integrated into this area of health. Um, and like you said, a lot of us just don't know how to do that or you know, haven't had that experience yet of bringing the gospel to bear on our food and our movement choices and our body image. Um, but mm-hmm. I think we should back up a little bit because I want to define what HA hypothalamic amenorrhea is, um, for our audience. Can you kind of tell us what that is, how you discovered that you had it, um, and just kind of what that journey was like for you? Yeah, I can give a very, I'll give a layman's term because I'm, mm-hmm. you know, not scientific, but just in the research that I've done and the experience that I've had. Um, but HA is basically the way I kind of saw it was my body was being overtaxed. So for me, that looked like I lost my period. And then for me, that was the biggest sign that something wasn't quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I let it go a long time. Um so I guess, I'll, I guess I'll slow down to say, yeah. So HA is basically when the output is greater than the input. So your body has these sort of levels. 
levels of energy that it needs to maintain its main major functions. And one of those major functions is to be able to have a baby. And and that takes a lot of energy that takes a lot from our body. Um, But so it kind of has this hierarchy of needs. I kind of think of Maslow's if people are familiar with that of just like, Mm -hmm. okay, these are the things that I have to do. I have to keep breathing. I have to keep, you know, the heart pumping. So if I only have a limited amount of energy coming in every day, that's what I'm going to put the energy towards. I'm going to make sure these major functions of the body are happening. Mm -hmm. So the cycle is one of those things that can fall off the list of things for your body to maintain when it has a limited amount of energy to give because it realizes, well, this body may not even be in a spot where we would want it to get pregnant right now. We can't handle that. So we're just going to shut that system down so that we can kind of consolidate our energy and focus it on other parts of the body and what's going on there. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was um, the tail end of high school, the beginning of college, where my cycle just kind of tapered off and disappeared. Um, and honestly, I let it go for a while because I was like, this is kind of great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like there's the, the factors of like the inconvenience went away. And and I didn't, for me, because I think it was sort of a slow process, Um I didn't really feel, I didn't feel the effects of it in terms of, I still felt like I had energy. Um, I still felt like I was able to do the things that I wanted to do. So for all intensive purposes, I kind of was convinced that I'm fine. Um, And I would go and talk to my doctors about it every once in a while, because it ended up being 10 years that my, my period was gone. I didn't have a cycle for 10 years. Um, And I would go to my, my doctors and they would usually do blood work and look at my hormones and my hormones were usually pretty, pretty normal. Um, Um, I even had a doctor do an MRI on my pituitary gland to see if maybe there was something growing in there, some Mm -hmm. kind of tumor and nothing ever came back. Everything was always pretty, pretty much where it should be. So my doctors would tell me, don't worry about it. Um, And I think, and it's interesting because I think even there, my perspective and kind of going back to the idea of God being an authority of this area of my life in my perspective is kind of like, well, the doctors are the authority figures. So if they're telling me this is normal, like if they're telling me the lifestyle that I'm living is, is a okay, then I'm going to, I, I take their word for it and I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and just not worry about it. Um, so I let it go for, for a long time, but over probably like 2019, 2020 was like, that's when the Holy Spirit started stirring. And I think he had been stirring, but you know, like I said, it was easy to just sort of be like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if I really want to like dive into that. They say I'm fine, but, Mm. um, just started getting this, this sort of sense in my spirit that like I was created, I was created as a woman and I was created to have a cycle and I'm not having it Mm. like that in itself is, it should be a sign to me that something's not right here something's not working as it should be. And so I started kind of, I think, just getting a curious, more of a curiosity about my story and like asking myself more questions. Um, and so it's kind of, it's kind of cool the way that it ended up happening because it really was a God thing. And I think only he can get the glory for this because I was having these questions, but I wasn't really committed to finding the answers. And he brought them to me really. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember getting online one day and I was Googling, I think it was a recipe for coleslaw because I was supposed to bring something to like a work picnic. And I was Googling coleslaw recipes and I ended up on a food blog, um, looking at a coleslaw recipe and and happened to click on this blogger's bio. And in her bio, she talked about having what was called HA, hypothalamic, hypothalamic amenorrhea. 
And she recommended a book. Um, and it was called No Period Now What? And so that just kind of really struck me. And I thought, that's interesting. I should, I should look at that book. And so it was that book and that blog that really began this process of kind of opening my eyes. And I started reading this book and immediately connected with what it was saying. Immediately knew, oh, wow. Like, this is me. I like push myself and I like, I work hard and I don't really rest very much. And, and so I could just really relate to what these women were saying and obviously the physical symptoms that they were having. And so that was kind of the beginning of that journey and discovering that I even had it, being able to put a name to what was going on in my body and mm -hmm. realize, okay, there's actually something that needs to change here to get me back to where I should be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I love that book. I, it's like the first book I'll recommend <laughs> to people. Um, and it's so comprehensive yeah. and you did a great job explaining hypothalamic amenorrhea. Um, I'm sure that book plays a good part because it's so like, it's just, it teaches you from A to Z what it is and how to approach it. Um, mm -hmm. And I think something that might be, you know, if our listeners are listening and they're like, oh, that's me, but you know, I've only not had my period for like three months or, you know, um, something like that to just emphasize that that is still significant and um, that our periods are important for other functions other than childbearing. So it can feel like, I remember feeling that way when I experienced that, like, oh, well, I'm not having a baby anytime soon. And this is kind of convenient. Mm. <laughs> but then realizing like, oh, yeah. our cycles do more for us than just um, help us produce a baby. They also like regulate our mood and our hormones and our energy. And that regulates a lot of other systems in our body, helps them operate at their fullest. It helps our bones form correctly mm -hmm. and, um, not having a period can impact that health and long-term. So it's one of those things that, yeah, God gave us this and, it is good to get curious about where did it go and you know, why, why am I missing out here? There can be a lot of other reasons for missing a period. Um, definitely something to just explore. So if mm -hmm. you know you if you need to do some more digging, um, look into hypothalamic amenorrhea and see what it is and if that fits you. And um, you may need to visit your doctor and all of those things as well. But mm -hmm. just for people who are listening and they're like, "Oh, that might be me too." Mm -hmm. um, so, okay, Audrey, I love how God just kind of put that in your lap, looking for a coleslaw recipe. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So tell me what did, um, what did God start to reveal and maybe how did he start to transform you as you were learning to rest more and learning to care for your body more? Yeah, it's. It was definitely a process. And I think that's something that I would want the listeners to know is that I read the book and I connected. I knew I had that conviction in my heart. I knew that this is the direction I needed to go, but it was only the beginning. Um, and I think that was one of the hardest parts of the journey is expecting like, now I know it, now I can fix it like that at the snap of a finger. But it was really just the beginning of what would turn out to be so from that point, it took me six months to actually recover my, my, before I saw my cycle, it took me six months of just a total change in my lifestyle. Um, gaining a significant amount of weight, I think was important for me in that, um, which is interesting because within that 
it was addressing something physical that was happening, but it's like, as soon as you start to address the physical, I think the emotional and the spiritual aspects start to unravel as well, where it's like, they all go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, this wasn't just like habits that I had. There was also like ideas that I had that were behind that. And then what do I, you know, what do I think about? Am I willing to, am I willing to gain this weight? Is it Mm -hmm. worth it? You know, Mm -hmm. all of these kind of different questions that come along. So I, I guess that's what I, where I would start and say that it was definitely a process. And I remember kind of having this moment with God. Um, and I can remember it so distinctly, but just laying in my bed and it was the night before I was about to, the book uses the term go all in. And basically this idea of like, you got to go for it. Like you can't just dip your toes in and say like, well, I'll maybe run two days a week instead of three, or maybe I'll like add in, but just kind of really like commit to the process. And so Mm -hmm it was the night before I was going to just start doing things differently and laying in my bed and sort of starting to feel this panic of like, is this the right thing to do? Is, is letting go of my routines and my ideas and in my lifestyle, like, is this, is this what God wants me to do? And, and just feeling this peace come in the room hmm. um, and this grace, like we've been talking about, like feeling this grace and just feeling like the the spirit was reassuring me that like, I don't require this of you. And I remember that being very eye-opening because I think I had grabbed onto what the world ha- requires of us or, or what the world says, this is what it looks like to be healthy. This is what mm-hmm. it looks like to be strong. This is what the the patterns of eating and movement look like. Yeah. And just hearing the voice of God reassuring me of like, those weren't my ideas. Like those aren't my ideas. So you letting go Mm -hmm. of all this, it's not going to disappoint me. Like you're not, you're not going down the wrong path. I actually don't require any of this of you. And I just remember that really giving me a lot of peace. And I think was kind of that first um, moment encounter with God within the process Mm -hmm. um, and kind of the beginning of the unraveling. Yeah, I love that. Um, uh, try, I'm looking up the verse that like talks about what does the Lord require of us? Um, and like when the people of the Old Testament were... were to act justly, to walk humbly, love mercy, to act justly, and to walk humbly. Humbly with your God. Yeah, Micah 6, 8, maybe. <laughs> I have to <laughs> fact check that. Um, but, and we forget, we forget those things because we have these expectations of, um, of other people around us, of our doctors. And most of these things are subconscious until you start uh, disrupting them with different rhythms and activities. Um, and I love the phrase, like, you're not letting yourself go, you're letting yourself live. Um, and so it's just, it's more of a, a change um, in being, <laughs> being able to see what God is seeing and, and being able to notice like that stirring in your heart. And you were, you were praying and he answered and you received that peace. And that is really what we need. (laughs) And, and our health journey, um, most of all is, is to hear from him and to, to experience the peace of his presence. Um, because that answers all questions really that we, (laughs) that we have. Um, so I would love to know how did you, cause you were in our course. So how did you find us from? from your journey. So like first you're looking up coleslaw, you found the food blogger, you found the book. And it's funny because I'm like, I love these little things that God has for us. Like he leaves like a trail of breadcrumbs and like, you know, he's always pulling us, drawing us towards him and like these ordinary pieces and parts of our lives if we have eyes to see and ears to hear. So um, 
yeah. How did you find joyful health from, from there? Yeah, it's kind of not far off from the coleslaw, honestly. Like you said, it was sort of like, <laughs> um, I, I think I had searched once I knew that I had HA and was kind of like trying to figure out what it looked like to recover from that. I Googled HA and then I think I also put Tulsa because I wanted to, I knew I wanted to connect with the professional Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of resources in the book and I felt like I was on the right track, but I also just wanted to be sure that I was, um, just getting all the information that I needed and, and being coached in a healthy and, and good way. And so, um, Aubrey's name came up. And so that's how I landed, um, on you. And, and, and then as I kind of was looking at, Oh, that you were going to be doing more of a group coaching session versus one-on-one coaching. And then that was kind of what led me to sign up for joyful health, which became sort of a supplement to my journey. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I think I actually remember you reaching out because you're like, do you do one-on-one? And I wasn't doing one-on-one at the time. I'm like, Hey, join this. It'll be great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah. And you joined with your roommate too, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's another cool part of the story because she and I are best friends. And it was interesting because the conviction and and she had, she was walking a different journey than I was. She didn't, she wasn't having the issues with her cycle, but as I started walking through the process and walking through it closely with her, she realized, Oh, like, I think I could benefit from this too. And, And so I think that's like a good thing for all of us to evaluate whether you're, whether you have the physical signs of a change needing to be made. I think everywhere we go, the ideas of health and fitness are not being taught through the eyes of grace. And so I think we all would benefit um, to some degree, kind of checking in with ourselves or maybe diving into like, what do I believe? And what, what do I expect of myself? And where are those who's speaking into my life when it comes to this area? So it was cool because I feel like that God could kind of started just moving within my circle of friends and kind of connecting all of us in our own way and in our own journey, but sort of opening all of our eyes. Cause we, we all bonded over healthy cooking and, mm-hmm. and certain types of movement. So it, we, even within our community, I feel like we benefited just reevaluating some of these mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. I'm going to steal this question. Cause I do have a follow-up question <laughs> with that. Um, okay. So I'm curious and I think it'd be, I think we probably know more, but really good for our audience. What were some of the, okay, two-part question. First, what were some of the like truths um, that you learned from scripture, um, from prayer, just from looking at what God's perspective is on this um, about food and movement? Like what were some of those core truths that you learned? And then two, what were some very practical things that you started doing differently in your eating and exercise and resting and health behaviors in general? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I think the main truth, which is kind of, you know, the main truth of what we believe, but just the gospel and the freedom that comes with the gospel and realizing that that really does carry over to every area of our life. Um, And I think um, even just thinking back, I felt like I started asking myself the question, like, who told you? And it kind of brings me all the way back to the story of the the serpent with Eve in the garden of just like kind of calling into question, um, you know, who, who told you that? Or I guess I should say this was after the temptation in the garden and God comes back to Adam and Eve and they're feeling shame and they're starting to, you know, cover themselves. And he said, who told you you were naked? Who, who gave you that perspective? And so I think that 
that was kind of a major truth that I started walking in is kind of really trying to get behind where are these ideas that I'm coming from? What's the source? And recognizing that because I have freedom in Christ, um, there are no, no, the, the law, there's freedom from the law. Um, and I guess within that too, kind of thinking about, I think within myself without really knowing it, I had these ideas of a good and a bad food. And I think we even use it casually in the way that we talk about food. Um, of just like, oh yeah, I, I shouldn't eat that because it's good or I shouldn't eat that because it's bad and thinking about how there's kind of this moral framework. And I think that even health and exercise had become like a moral issue for me. And I had thought, well, if I want to be a good person, then I want to do good things and I don't want to be a bad person and do mm -hmm. bad things. And so really realizing like, but what does that say about like, well, what does the gospel have to say about good and bad? Um, the gospel yeah. says that my goodness comes from Christ, that my goodness is a gift of grace um, in his blood over my life. So me choosing to um, eat a certain food or not eat a certain food is not does not have a weighing or um, on my goodness because my goodness doesn't come from me. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that was kind of the major maybe framework that I was working from as I started sort of evaluating. And then I think um, also that idea of intuitive, and I know that that's a big part of um, joyful health is incorporating that idea of intuitive movement, intuitive eating. And I think for the Christian intuitive is the Holy spirit within mm -hmm. us, um, that he gives us that intuition. And I think even just thinking about how, um, the scripture that talks about, like, if nobody praises me, like the rocks in the mountains, like they will cry out to God. And I think it's the same way with our bodies where it's like our bodies, like they speak of the truth of God. Like mm -hmm. he's created them to communicate to us and, and like, keep us on a good, on a good track. And I think in the same way, that's why we have freedom from the law, because the Holy Spirit keeps us walking in a way that honors God, but not because we follow rules, but because the Holy Spirit within us moves us to want to do these things. So um, just that idea of kind of leaning into that intuitive, um, which was listening to the Holy Spirit instead of, I just naturally tend towards rules. I like them. They make me feel comfortable and safe. And so um, instead of kind of coming up with a framework for myself, leaning into that intuitive, okay, I'm just going to listen. Like I'm going to pause and just take a minute. Um, so I guess in transitioning in, in your question of like, what were those truths and what did that look like practically? I think that looked like practically taking a minute and truly like asking myself, like, what am I craving right now? Mm -hmm. um, and, and am I wanting a certain thing, but I'm telling myself I can't or I shouldn't kind of evaluating those, like maybe those voices that were speaking. Um, so I think that's what it looked like in terms of food. And I think the same way looked like practically with movement, which was, do I why do I want to do it today? Why do I want to move? And so I think practically speaking, really looking at that motivation and, and asking myself, and I feel like that's something that carries over that I still do today, where sometimes I will intentionally not move because I know that I want to move for the wrong reasons, if that makes sense. So if I'm like, ah, today I'm going to go for a run, but I know that when I check my heart and I see that my motivation is because I feel like I should, I'm feeling lazy or I feel like I need to you know, push myself that I'll intentionally not do it. Um, because I know that the 
what's better um, for me that day is probably actually not moving. So um, I think looking at the motivation behind what you're doing and um, was a big part of kind of the practical aspects of changing the why behind what I was doing. Yeah, I love that. Um, You've said some really, really helpful things. And we've said like freedom from the law and like Galatians 5, 1 says is for freedom, Christ has set us free. So um, like, do not submit to another yoke of slavery. And, and the word yoke is, you know, and like Jesus says, and um, in Matthew 11 to like, come to me for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. So it's like, there's still, there's still someone to listen to, you know, like, but, but the yoke of Jesus is easy and light. And so, yeah, if we're like punishing ourselves with exercise or food, you know, or whatever, it's like, well, that focuses on me. It's not following the spirit and like love leads and fear drives and pushes. <laughs> so it's like you resisting like, hey, a fear is pushing me to go on a run and I'm I'm going to say no to that. Like that's resisting that voice and that's listening to the spirit um, or, you know, and, and, and it's like a step-by-step thing. It's like that goes into effect with your food choices too and um and it's not like intuitive eating and movement it's all about like sitting on the couch and eating donuts it's like no we're we're following the god of life you know and like he's given us all of these things as gifts and so instead of seeing them as punishments we get to see these things as gifts and um and how we can nourish our bodies well um because yes they're all incorporated our faith our bodies our spirit um our mind um so I am curious about like your experience with joyful health um, and what you would say to someone who is maybe um, interested in it, considering it, what have you learned? Like, I mean, it's been almost a year now since you've graduated from it. Um, How has it been beneficial to you? And what would you say to someone who's considering it? Yeah, I would say to do it. (laughs) I mean, I don't think that you can really lose in terms of like, I don't think you'll, I don't, I don't think you'll walk away without gaining anything. Mm -hmm. Like I I was saying earlier with my community of friends, we were all maybe at different extremes or different points in our journey in terms of what we were needing and the the level of coaching or the level of education or reshifting our mindset that we were needing, but none of us walked away not having gained something. So I would say that something I gained from joyful health was, um, I think the perspective of grace in conjunction with with the scientific and the health aspects was really important for me as a Christian. Um, because like I said, I, I really benefited from books like, um, no period now what, and, and even other women on YouTube who had HA and were sharing their journey, but not every resource also incorporates Christ. Um, and I think that when we're trying to find healing as Christians, that's really important to do because I think that we can better understand the science and we can, adjust our habits so that our bodies are functioning more fully. But I think we miss out if we don't also find the healing in our, in our soul and in our relationship with, with Christ and and see what he has to say. So I think that's the most unique thing that I saw and what kind of drew me to joyful health in particular, because I was like, yeah, I not only want to be coached, but I want to be coached in a way that's going to draw me to Jesus. And it's going to be reflective of, of my my worldview and my faith as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. Um, so thank you for saying that. 
Um, it's definitely our hope and our goal for our participants. And, you know, one of our other goals is um, that we would not, that you would feel confident not to have to go back to any sort of diet or um, kind of external set of rules about your eating and your exercising. So we know that that can be a battle just being in the world that we live in. Um, but how has that, how have you seen that relationship flourish or continue um, or even change over this last year since taking the course? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think just practice, just like in other areas of our life, practice does help, you know, just like walking it out as we walk it out more and more, it becomes um, more ingrained in who we are. It becomes a part of who we are and it be, it does get easier. I think. And that's something that I would encourage listeners to like, if you're just starting out and it seems so counterintuitive and and so hard, because I I think it does in the beginning, I think it does take a lot of concerted effort to really shift your eyes and shift your perspective and constantly um, renew your mind with the words is specifically regarding this area of your life and prayer. Um, But that it does become just like you maybe have built bad habits. Like I had built unproductive habits in the past. I was able to build, um, Mm -hmm. habits in the positive direction as well. Um, but I think I would say that it's still, that it's ongoing. And I think that's true of every aspect of our life that we will never reach perfection. And so I think reminding ourselves of that as well, that even though we let the light in, in this area of our life, it's going to be something that we make progress and we grow stronger in, but that we'll always have to kind of, um, revisit, maybe re-surrender. There are days where I feel stronger than others and days where I uh, have to ask, you know, I have to repent and maybe start over in some ways, but that, um, I don't know, remembering that it's about God's faithfulness to us, not our faithfulness to him. So if you, if you have truly decided that this is an area of your life that you want to surrender, that he will be faithful to carry you through and that it will get easier, but it will also be an ongoing journey. Yeah, absolutely. And I love um, what you said that the book encouraged you to just go all in. (laughs) And I think that the Lord is like inviting us to like, for that relationship with him of like, you know, you're wrestling with your fears and your doubts. Like, what if this could happen? And what if that? And he's like, no, just like go all in and like surrender yourself to me and like, take my yoke upon you. Um, And so I think, and I definitely had to do that. That was like part of my story of like, I'm tired of like controlling this part of my life of my food. And the answer I heard was, you don't have to, you know, like just lay it down. Um, And so I'm really encouraged by your story and, and just, yeah, you're preaching the gospel. So I'm receiving it and I know everyone else listening is too. Um, Do you have anything that you would love to leave with the listeners and then could you pray for, pray for them as well? Yeah. I think one practical thing that I would leave and then maybe one more spiritual thing that I would leave would be that the listeners would remember that God is trustworthy. And I think what you were just saying reminded me of that is like, it's scary. It's Mm -hmm. scary to let go. And I was afraid and I didn't know the outcome. I didn't know what was going to come, but 
But to let that be your anchor in this is that God is trustworthy and he's not going to lead you to a place of destruction. He's not going to lead you down a road that's going to take you uh, to a place that you don't want to be. Not that that means it's going to be easy, but that he is trustworthy to do good in our lives and that he has um, that he's loving and that he loves us so that you can, so you can trust him that if he's calling you to do this, if he's leading you, it's going to be worth it. Um, and then I think on the practical side of that, I would encourage you to just start small. I call it my like peanut butter moment because it was, it was regarding peanut butter, but it was so small. Um, but I remember even before I had discovered that I had HA and it was just kind of when I was, like I said earlier, just starting to have those kind of questions and more curiosity. Mm-hmm. I remember the Holy Spirit just kind of like maybe challenging me, like stop measuring your peanut butter. <laughs> and it was like the smallest thing, mm-hmm. but it was like, that was at a point in my life where it was like, well, if the peanut butter says two tablespoons, then I'm going to have two tablespoons exactly. And like, that's, that's where I was like, that's, yeah. That was my my comfort level. Then I remember just kind of feeling this in my heart, like, don't measure it. Stop measuring your peanut butter and kind of like questioning it and being like, well, what, why would I do that? And would it even matter? Like, what difference does it make if I measure my peanut butter? It really doesn't matter. Um, but I remember finally after like hearing that for, I don't know, maybe like a couple months before I really like acknowledged it and I stopped. And I, I honestly feel like that was the catalyst to the rest of this journey because I think it was like, if you're willing to take just a tiny step and just do one little thing, like it does matter and it does make a difference. And it's, it was the beginning, I think of larger, I had no idea what was on the other side at that point, but that little tiny willingness, um, I think is, is what, um, God was looking for to just help me move forward in that. So I think I would encourage listeners to just start small. There's just a little something that you even feel like is on your heart Mm -hmm. to begin with. So. Yeah, she planted that mustard seed. She just planted the tiny mustard seed. Yeah, that's you right. Know, that's like, right. Of faith. So we like, have yeah. mustard seed rings. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> to help us remind us of that. <laughs> so there's something very yep, small. He's like, you give me that mm-hmm. little seed of obedience, like I'm going to grow something big out of it. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, yeah. And he does. He does. Yeah. So. Oh, man. Yeah. All right, Audrey, would you um, do us the honor of praying for our listeners before we go? I'd love to. God, I just thank you for um, everyone who is listening in right now. God, I just thank you that they're not here by accident. I thank you that you've been calling them, that you have a purpose for their life, for every area of their life, even their food and their movement, God. And so we just pray that um, anyone listening, Lord, that they would be obedient, that they would, um, you would give them the discernment to be able to to know what is the mustard seed and what is the first step, God. And I pray that you would just calm any fears that they have in their heart, any fears that they have of letting go or maybe doing things differently or trying things another way. God, I pray that you would just silence the voices of this world that can sound so true and can sound so alluring and, and can just be deafening sometimes. I pray that your still small voice um, would speak louder in this area, God, and that you would give them the power by your Holy Spirit to be able to be obedient and to find freedom in this area of their life. God, I pray that if they're um, thinking about joyful health, that you would give them clarity about how they should move forward, whether or not they should do the course and that you would um, 
just to give them a piece and a direction regarding that. And if it's something else, something um, that you're leading them to do personally or with um, their own community, that you would give them clarity about that. Mm-hmm. And the Lord, we just thank you that you care enough about us um, to even want to be in the details of this area of our life. And we just um, ask for your power and your presence. And we just thank you for your grace that you truly have died to give us freedom in every area. And so we pray that um, we would walk it out and that we would enjoy it um, in your in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you so much, friends. Until next time, may you rest in his grace and follow the joy. Hey, thanks so much for listening. A very special thank you to all our podcast guests, along with Dwayne Golbeck for podcast editing and Maddox Schuler for writing and recording our podcast music. <laughs>